There's a lot of marketing managers in the industry that don't know marketing enough to ask the right questions. So they're not making decisions using data and they're not utilizing their vendors correctly. And then they get frustrated when there's no leads and there's no sales and there's no results, but nobody has the education to even ask those questions and formulate those strategies. Welcome to the Strategy with Jason podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of The Drive, Las Vegas edition. I am here with an amazing guest. I have Sarah with PCG. Sarah, thanks for taking the time to jam with me. Thanks for having me. We're going we're gonna to talk anything and everything we want to talk about about marketing. Yes. All right. My yep, favorite topic. <laughs> I like kicking off these podcasts uh, with little origin stories. A, because I'm always fascinated how people get started in the business because I don't think anybody just wakes up one day and says, huh, yeah, car business. That's what I'll do. Yeah, right. So, so let's kick it off there. How did you get started in this crazy little world we call the automotive industry? Yeah, so I graduated college in 2017 with a marketing degree and I didn't know what I wanted to do with that marketing degree, but I knew that I really liked people and I really liked to be creative, which is why I went to school for marketing in the first place. So I saw that PCG was hiring for a junior social specialist and I was like, you know, that would really allow me to be creative every day. I think that would be cool. My dad is actually in the auto industry too, so I've kind of grown up around, you know, watching him build his career. Oh, so you um, were kind of born in. I was kind of, okay. yeah. Right. Yep. So I went in for the interview, and at the time, Denise, um, who's now the president of PCG, she was the social media manager, and I sat down with her. I did the interview with her, and I was like, you know what? I don't know what I want to do with my career, but I know if I could end up being just like her, then I will, yeah, then I will succeed. And I was like, I need to work under this woman. I need to learn everything that I need to learn. And the rest is kind of history. That is so cool. That is so cool. Well, like I said, I find people either, you know, they stumble their way in, they get conned in like me or you get born in. It sounds like you're a little bit of stumble, a little bit of family. So yeah, yeah that makes sense. So, it kind of all aligned for me. It all just the stars <laughs> and the moon align. Yeah. Uh, and you got bit by the automotive Literally. Punk, so <laughs> you're in, you're in. Um, well, you, you, you had a session and a panel here at Digital Dealer. Yes. So let's jam about that. Take, let's let's go like maybe three or four like hot takeaways yeah. from either the session or the panel. So the uh, session was a hundred minute workshop that I did with Glenn Pash, and I would say. Um, the major takeaway from my piece of it was definitely marketing to Generation Z. Uh, yeah. Dealers definitely are not talking about marketing to Generation Z enough, and I've never quite understood why. Mm -hmm. um, so we really went through, I walked through with the dealers, and I was like, listen, the way that Generation Z and even younger millennials consume media is very different than the way that we're used to advertising as an industry. And we need to change and we need to grow and progress and make sure that our content is growing and progressing yep. to be the kind of content that this new consumer market wants to, you know, have on their social feeds, have on Google, like the way that um, they use different social media platforms for different things. That's all changing. And if dealers aren't going to get up to speed, their com competition is and they're going to lose the brand loyalty from that younger uh, consumer. Which we're already seeing a lot of anyways. I mean, yeah. I think I saw the most recent stat was over 7% of just uh, deflection mm -hmm. as an industry as a whole. Yeah. Um, now, of course, a good chunk of that has to do with, uh, with inventory. It's like mm -hmm. depending who got it, who doesn't have it. But still today, you know what? No one builds a bad car. 
Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, I, I've driven this, this Corvette. I've, I've, it was in a Telluride the other day. I uh-huh. was like, I'm just like, nobody builds a bad vehicle anymore. So right. I, I think it makes it increasingly difficult, uh, to, to maintain brand loyalty based just off the car or the reliability of the car. Cause it's just kind of even across the board now. Exactly. And I think it, to your point, I think it's just about how we communicate to them as an audience, not just talk to them, but, or talk at them, but talk to them. Exactly. So let's dive into some of those strategies. Yeah. And I mean, even before that, you know, ex- specifically generation Z, don't have brand loyalty like older generations do you know like you'll hear older people be like oh well i've been driving a ford for 50 years and my dad drove a ford and i and our family drives fords younger generations aren't like that they don't care they know that they have a million options they have a million options to buy a cup of coffee buy something on the fly on amazon and they act that way when they're buying a car too there's really not a loyalty to the brand or to the dealership but there is a loyalty to somebody who makes them feel important and makes them feel unique they're they're loyal to the to the experience. Exactly, that's the perfect. Way you know, to put it. That, right? I mean, that's yeah, the way kid, I'm thinking. Like a lot, I have a lot of Gen Zs that work for me, and they they all love their Starbucks, and uh-huh. it's like, but it's that experience is their name being put on the cup, and mm-hmm. someone walking in going the regular, yes, please. Exactly. You know, it's that it's that just feeling of like, okay, I'm known. Yeah. All right. You know, because we have that one Starbucks just right down from the office. You know, uh-huh. and they just you know, I'm known and I'm. I'm acknowledged and yes, that's what I want. So, yeah. but, but, but another coffee shop could come in and probably elevate that just a little bit more. And to your point, they would probably just move to the other coffee yeah, shop. They're, exactly. they're, they're loyal to the experience. Exactly. And we need to be creating content that curates that. And when I was saying that in the panel and in the workshop, dealers will look at me and be like, well, you know, I don't have a video production team. I don't have time to be creating video assets the way that you're telling me that <laughs> I need to. <coughs> Literally. <laughs> And I said to them, I'm like, this isn't hard, guys. Like, everybody has an iPhone. Everybody can whip their iPhone out and make a TikTok. Like, I'm not saying hire a video production team. I'm not saying hire somebody. I think they should. Or you could. But you also don't have to. Either way, you can be creating video. Yes. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, when you're creating video, too, I mean, I like, I I, I talk video strategies all day long, so I love this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But you know, one of those key things to kind of go back, you're talking to the audience, you're not talking at them. Right. Right? You can't put one video out there that just says, we've been in business for the last 27 years and you can buy this truck for $250 bi-weekly. Yep. That does not connect. Exactly. Right? Um, it's not finding content. I'm, I'm really in, I'm so excited for the content game right now because uh-huh. I think so many, so many things have changed around the way that we're able to target people or yeah. really the way we're not able to target people within our marketing efforts mm-hmm. that I think ultimately over the next five years, creative is going to be really what is the differentiating factor between campaigns, you know? So, yeah. you know, dealers got to start thinking about how do you connect? How do you communicate? What does, what does this generation, what does that demographic see as far as actual value? Exactly. And video centric content is going to be the name of the game moving forward. We're seeing that with TikTok and we're seeing that with conglomerates like Meta, for example, just announced a few weeks ago that they acknowledge how the video centric feed and the video centric algorithm of TikTok is what people want to consume. And they're changing their FYPs on Facebook and Instagram to be more combative with that video centric content. And we're talking about a conglomerate like Meta trying to copy a brand like TikTok who, you know, they're not apples to apples. 
but they're already recognizing that that is the future. So if dealers are going to continue to just post pictures or the, the worst is posting on, you know, socials and not having any kind of digital asset, but posting, you know, carousels or pictures or just, um, you know, words of posts, like it needs to be engaging video and it needs to be humanizing the process of the car buying experience and humanizing the dealership. Well, it needs to be relevant to your audience. I, I, I think, I, I, for, for dealerships out there that, you know, say they can't do it. I mean, come on. It's just, I don't think it's acceptable to say we can't, all right? Because exactly. it's not a matter of if you can't, it's a matter of, well, that's the expectation now. Exactly. You know, you have to meet the consumer where the consumer wants to be met. You need to connect with the consumer the way the, connect, the customer wants to connect. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and, and I think majority of our industry, I think they understand the concept. I mean, look how quickly they adopted digital retailing. Yeah. Right? It was fast. I mean, six months, it felt like almost 70% of the entire industry had some type of DR product out there. And obviously, some did better with it than others. But I mean, but they didn't say, I can't. Yeah. They didn't say, I didn't have the budget, mm -hmm. right? When they were put into a corner, they did it. Right. Right. And I think that's the way that we need to kind of perceive this is that, no, this is not a should you, would you, could you, mm -hmm. right? This is no, you, this is, you need to. Yeah, right. and a younger generation of people are starting to work at car dealerships and have careers mm -hmm. in automotive, mm -hmm. and they're coming in and they're saying, this is not what we need to be doing. Like, we need to be doing X, Y, and Z, and we're still doing A, B, and C, and something needs to change. And we're seeing that as we go to these different events you know, throughout the automotive industry that those conversations are sparking. Those younger people are speaking on panels and speaking on workshops and driving the industry forward, which is so refreshing. And like you said, it's so exciting. It is an exciting time. That's yeah. an awesome takeaway. What were some of the other maybe takeaways from the sessions or the panels? Um, I mean, another thing that we talked about that really kind of ties into, you know, creating digital assets and things like that is that the marketing managers at dealerships wear way too many hats. And when we asked everybody in the room, we were like, okay, so you're the marketing manager. And then we said, okay, is that your only job? And nobody mm -hmm. raised their hand because everybody is stretched way too thin. Everybody has way too many responsibilities yes. and then nothing gets done at 100% and everything falls short. Well, it's also, I mean, look, our industry is... There are some dealer groups and dealerships out there that are actually phenomenal at this, but uh -huh. for the most part, our industry is not very good at uh, documenting job descriptions. Right, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not, if you're out there watching and listening right now and you guys got it, you know, <laughs> but I'm saying as a majority, all right, we're not. And yeah. that's because I think if you really sat down to take that exercise to find out those job descriptions, you might go, <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna create a jack of all trades and master of nothing, right. um, kind of a scenario. But yeah, it all starts with just defining what the, that that description is. But also, I think the other thing too is like, you look at like the marketing manager role and how it evolved, right? I remember these roles popping up in mid two thousands, oh five, oh six, oh seven, oh eight, and there was like seventeen different variations of what these either had the word internet in it or or had. Um, uh, merchandising or it was you know marketing or something there was just so many different variations in it and you had a, a wildly vastly different gap between someone that could hold the same title yeah right you could have um, you know internet something 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 and you know th they could literally be the the lot boy that was taking pictures yeah. and uh, knows a little something about websites. So they would do updates to it or something like yeah. that. And then you would have people that had finished college with a full blown marketing degree. And you, then you had people that had like coding experiences. And it's just yeah. so wild. So you, 
I don't think we've really kind of just sat down to, to find out what what is the real role of yeah, a marketing manager. Exactly, and since there is no true definition, these people, I mean, and like you said, some dealerships are doing it awesome, and there are some, a lot of marketing managers in the, in the industry that are talented and are true marketers, but there's a lot of marketing managers in the industry that don't know marketing enough to ask the right questions. So they're not making decisions using data and they're not utilizing their vendors correctly. And then they get frustrated when there's no leads and there's no sales and there's no results, but nobody has the education to even ask those questions and formulate those strategies. Yeah, I've always kind of broken down into four categories, right? There's there's strategy, creative, execution, and analysis. Yeah. And good luck if you're gonna find one person that can do all four of those things. Because not only do they think they can do all those four of those things, but they're also going to add IT in there. Right. They're going to also add website maintenance and management. Uh-huh. You know, and it's like you're six, seven, eight roles, you know. Exactly. But, I mean, just the first four that are the primary still is not one individual. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, to, to think I want to find someone that can analyze and have a creative background. Yeah. And it's, it's nuts. But I think out of those four, what would you say the most important are right now? Because I feel like this, things are shifting and changing? I mean, I would say, I guess right now, probably the creative background, Mm -hmm. but the analyzing background, I mean, and like knowing how to look at data and knowing what's working and what's not working is also super important. And also, I think I kind of lean towards that one too. Yeah. And knowing how to measure success. Like I talk to dealers all the time specifically, I mean, for social paid social media, Google search, and I, nobody knows how to manage success. Everybody is still just obsessed with leads. Mm-hmm. And I'll be doing a reporting call with a client or I'll be talking to somebody you know, on the panels or in the workshops and they have no idea how to measure the success of the campaigns they're running, so they'll fail every time. Well, it's also because they're not measuring the right things. You exactly. know, to your point, they're measuring leads. Right. You know, um, when I had my dealership, you know, it was a, I don't know if there was this, there was an aha moment mm-hmm. where I really got sick and tired of measuring leads. And I had a meeting where I'm just going to say, well, you know what? Fine. We had all these effing leads last month. Yeah. How many people did, we, how many of these leads were actually talked to? Right. You know, and I was like, how many conversations were really generated out of this? Mm-hmm. No one could give me an answer for that. So, you know, once we started measuring the conversations over leads, it was like a mind shift change. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, you know, the way we approached marketing, the way we approached, the way we analyzed I it, the way we approached creative, because mm-hmm. it wasn't with the intent to get them to fill out a form. Yeah. It was with the intent to get them into a conversation. Right. And it was like, how fast can we do it? And that's, right. I mean, some vendors still hate me. I hate forms. I despise them. Oh, yeah. First name, last name, email address, phone number, blood type. Shoe size, first oh, it's horrible! <laughs> it's literally horrible. And the second somebody sees a form, especially a younger person, oh, they're yeah, just Gen they're, Z, there we go. they're going right out. They're just ah, xing out of it. Done. Like the second I see a form, there's no way that I am filling it out. And then the second that somebody calls me, like I'm not answering the phone either. Not, but it's like not, it's not convenient for me. I didn't no, tell you to call me. Exactly. If you're not saved in my phone, I'm not answering the phone. Text me, message me on Facebook, message me on Instagram. Like, I guarantee you I will respond. But if you're calling me and emailing me or having me fill out forms, I'm not responding. I'm already onto the dealer that are having exactly to your point, the meaningful conversations that I'm looking for. And there we go. We just probably just added another role to the marketing manager responsibility. (laughs) And we were saying, no, you're also going to be the communication manager. Uh Right. But I actually, I've seen it once. I've seen once 
Um, hopefully there's more out there. If, if you're out there and you're listening to this, please comment below. Um, but I saw one dealer group that had a communications manager. And really? the only job uh-huh. was to just look at, make sure everybody was communicating on point with what the mission and values were of the dealership, of the dealer group. It was a group, seven rooftops. Yeah. Um, but then also optimizing email templates, optimizing phone scripts, optimizing, right. like that was just, that Very was the job. Yeah, yeah, it was, you know, but I mean, I'm, 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 I'm with you. I think Annalise, especially right now with G4 mm-hmm. and everything shifting there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I probably would say one of the biggest primary jobs the manager would, or marketing manager would be an, uh, analyzed. Yeah, absolutely. And even just like analyze like even engagement. Like we've been using the word engagement for many years now. Yeah. What does that really mean though? You know what I mean? Like, right. is there like, like surface level engagement or like deep level engagement? You know, yeah. it's like, okay, they engaged with you, but what came out of the engagement? Yeah, and what was you know? the purpose of the engagement? Like, yes. where are you even on the funnel with the engagement? Because if you're just doing branding or you're at that stage of the funnel where you're looking at a branding campaign, you're going to be measuring engagement much different than when you're running lower funnel conversion-based advertising. That engagement is very different and you need to have the knowledge and the skill set to even differentiate the two. Yeah. Well, those are two great takeaways. Was there any others that we should jab about? I think the last one that I would definitely just say is, you know, when we're going to all of these events or even, you know, we're listening to podcasts all the time and we're right, we're, uh, you know, reading blogs and we're on LinkedIn and everybody's throwing around these shiny objects and these buzzwords. And you'll notice that when dealers go to these events and then they come back, they're like, well, well, where's our GA4? Well, what's this? Well, what's that? Well, what's this? Well, we need to be doing this because that person said so. (laughs) It is not a dealer's job to be implementing every shiny object, but it 100% is a dealer's job to make sure that they're educated on those shiny objects. So when the time comes in a month, 90 days, a year, they have every tool in their toolbox to be like, now it makes sense for us. And now I have the knowledge and the skill set to implement it. Yes. And I definitely would say that would be a big responsibility, I think, on my on my marketing manager's role is to be mm-hmm. keeping on top right. of everything. Because as a dealer principal, I try to do that, but there's just not enough hours in a day. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, they're just not, right? Yeah. So that would be, yeah, that's a good one too. I like that because... Right, things are changing. And sometimes and maybe not fast. be yeah, and they're changing fast. And sometimes those changes may not actually make make sense for your operations. Yep. See, I actually think a marketing manager is more deeply rooted into the operations. You know, I still see I still, you know, you know, some in so many so many groups I've worked with, you know, the marketing department and mostly some of the other departments are all these silos, like these islands. And I swear the, the amount of engagement and communication between the islands is sometimes just Morse code or smoke signals. Yeah. Um, you know, like they're just but you, I think the deeper and deeper and deeper your marketing manager is embedded into the day-to-day operations and truly understands what mm-hmm. what your fixed ops goals are, what your yeah. you know what your inventory goals are, and your sales goals and your retention goals and everything like that, they just become a better marketing. I, I, I'd be honest, I can't tell you how many marketing managers I've sat down and had no clue, no clue what the actual goals of the dealership were. Yeah, and that's sad. There's a huge disconnect. Yeah. And just having, you know, kind of pivoting the conversation too for these dealers and specifically these marketing managers to just go into events and go, you know, into different platforms and just learn. Like I'm doing a TikTok workshop next month and somebody asked me, well, you know, who should come to this workshop? And I said, 
any marketer that just wants to learn about a new platform, I'm not gonna go in and say, well, you have to implement TikTok for your dealership when you get back. If it doesn't make sense, if you don't have you know, the ability to be creating these video assets right now, just learn, just sit and relax and learn about a new platform. So like I said, when it's time to implement and when you think it's a good idea and you have everything stored away at the dealership where you say I can effectively run TikTok ads or I can effectively be organically present on this new social channel, then you're ready. I like TikTok. I tell you the one though I'm really fascinated with because I've been playing around with it for a while now is Pinterest. Okay. And I never thought I would say that. I'll be yeah. 100% honest with you. Yeah. I never thought I'd say that. Um, but I actually found myself using Pinterest. I like um, I like camping. Okay. I particularly like overlanding. I'm not sure if you know what that is. They no. put the rooftop tents on top of cars and they just oh, cool. go out in the middle of nowhere and you off that's the your, grid for like a vibe. week or two. I really like that. <laughs> and But it was really hard to find you know, a community around that. And then one of my search search queries pulled up Pinterest and then I was like, oh, and now I'm actively in there. And because Pinterest is a bit of a different mindset, right? It's not a social mindset as much as it's a shopping mindset. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for ideas mm-hmm. for my next camping trip. Yeah. Um, no, my wife's totally different. She's always looking for ideas on how she was gonna remodel the entire house. <laughs> Um. <laughs> What's different about Pinterest too, um, I actually sat in on the Pinterest workshop. Oh, with Allison? Yeah. Oh, and she made too. a really great point about saying that it's a social platform for inspiration. Yeah. And no other social platforms, exactly. that's not like their main objective. Where Pinterest's main objective is inspiration. Yeah. We're, and I, I loved that. And, and I think every, look, every platform out there has its own space, but that's probably the best way to describe Pinterest is there yeah. to, to inspire for you to get ideas. You know, TikTok's there to, well, in the beginning was to entertain. I'm seeing more education, or actually not, I'm gonna call it edutainment. Oh, that's, right? I like Where that. Where it's like, I'm entertaining and educating you at yeah. the same time. I'm seeing more and more of that on TikTok. So I, I see a place there for dealers to really kind of, you know, hone in their edutainment strategies. Yeah. But no, it's, it's, it's exciting times. It's a really exciting time. Yeah, TikTok too is now becoming a search engine. Google's even, you know, written things and released things saying like, we recognize that people are using TikTok to search for things over Google. And that's huge. People really need to recognize that because I can guarantee you when we come back here for Digital Dealer in Las Vegas next year, we're going to have conversations about that because it's going to be so prominent. Yeah, and and if you start thinking about how you can educate and entertain people on TikTok, just even that exercise is just going to be that much better for right. you, right? So, no. Hey, Sarah, I know we're getting towards the tail end of our conversation because we're pulling up to the hotel here. It's been a lot of fun, by the way. Yeah, but thanks. But before I let you go, though, for everybody out there that's watching and listening right now who would you know, like to connect with you or even kind of you know learn a little bit more about PCG or follow along with your journey, what's the mm-hmm. best way to do so? The best way to connect with me is definitely on LinkedIn. So my first name is Sarah with an H, and then my last name is Cioscioa, C-I-O-C-I-O-L-A. Um, and if you want to learn a little bit more about PCG Digital, just send me a message and I love to chat. Awesome. Hey, Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me. This, this is so fun. fun. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to the Strategy with Jason podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to check out the full podcast library at strategywithjason.com to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.